Welcome to TLC for the Soul podcast, where soul meets spirit. You have entered into sacred space. I'm your host, Tammy Lynn Chambers, and I'm here to help you shine. Now let's get going on this podcast journey. Hello, friends. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I thank you for joining me here. If you are new, welcome, welcome. Welcome to our family. I'm going to sit back and relax. We're going to take you on a little podcast journey. And I'll explain all about how you can choose your listening experience in just a moment. If you are a returning listener, welcome back to The Circle. I am excited for you to be here on yet another episode of our storytelling with the fourth installment of Jameson. I do sense a little bit of wind today, but nothing like the windy (laughs) nightmare that was last week's storytelling. Um, There were a couple of parts there in the podcast where I was like, oh crap, you can't hear a darn thing I'm saying. But luckily, thanks to listener donations, um, I have been able to upgrade my podcasting equipment. So I'm very excited. I think it's tomorrow. Hopefully, all my stuff will be here and we'll have a better microphone and just a better setup for me, something a little bit more comfortable and something a little bit um, easier for me to work with. So I'm really excited for that. And we'll all just benefit from having that better listening experience, especially if you listen with headphones. Um, I know sometimes it can be challenging, especially if there's a lot of um, background sounds. So we do want the nature background sounds. I'm outside again today. And um, it's just kind of a gray, cloudy day. (laughs) So let me just... um, encircle us so get comfortable this is um, where we say on the podcast that you choose how you want to listen if you're new here you may just want to settle in and listen to the story and some people may just want to hear this as a story as it's being told and I do um, at some point type these all up and well they're already typed up that's how I read them but I put them into um, ebook format So in the show notes is the link to my Smashwords Smash page, and all my books that I've written are free to read in ebook form, and um, the very first installment of the Bringers of the Light series is out there now, Pumpkin Pie Latte, and as I have opportunities, I move the other ones over um, and do the same thing. And then you'll have a chance to there, just quickly plug this, um, our book of the month is out there. So I just released The Stallion Returns, which is the second in our Thunder Rose collection series. Again, all those books are free to read. Um, You can see how all the story series, all the different story series I have on my smash words, smash words, I can't say it today, smash words. Or you can go to my website, which is also linked down in the show notes. And all of the books are pictured there and you can just link over um, to the smash words site. Now, in order to use the free, you know, in order to read an ebook 
not for free, but in order to read one, um, you need an EPUB reader app on your phone or your device. So um, just downloading the file is not going to do anything if you have no way to read it. So I believe any EPUB reader app will work. And what you know, pick one of your choosing. Um, I think if your Kindle will read EPUB files, and you should be able to read it like on your Kindle. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know all the different ones, but as long as the app can read EPUB files, then you can read this, these books for free. I just want to put that out there too because some people are a little confused about like what do I do with this EPUB file now that I have it. So you can choose to listen to this story as a story. You can also choose to um, listen for the metaphors and the meanings in the story because that's how I write these. These are all channeled stories meaning um, the messages are meant for those who hear or read these stories. There's messages and metaphors built in. This is all um, channeled um, guidance and wisdom and healing coming through from source and spirit through the personas in the stories down through me the channel. And all I do is write them via you know what some call stream of consciousness or automatic writing. Um, that's where all of my books and all of my stories and everything we do here on the podcast. That's where that those come from. So you can choose to listen for the deeper meanings and metaphors and the stories. And I try best I can to point those out from what spirit is giving me as the messages. But based on your intuition and your guidance that you receive from your guides and your higher self, you may also hear additional messages, meanings and metaphors that are meant just for you. <clears throat> the third way to listen is to invite your spirit guides and your angels and your totems and your power animals, whoever you work with in the spiritual realms, to join you here as you listen to the story and to help you to bring out the hidden meanings and um, guidance and wisdom that you most need in this now for your own spiritual journey and path because that's how all that's the overarching intention of everything that I write is that there's healing or or meanings or guidance in there for you if you choose to accept it so those are the ways you can listen and right now I'm going to open our sacred space and wrap us all in a divine light circle of light love and love light and I'm going to invite in the spirit guides who want to support me on this storytelling journey and already our totem of the month our spirit guide of the month our fiery lion shifter is here with us. So if you're not familiar with him, you can go back and listen to the March Energy Forecast, which is the podcast episode right before this one. So let's just catch up with Jameson, where we were at when we left off. So last we left off, Tambor was dealing with the cat woman who was a persona someone who was um, coming to try to steal away Jameson so Tambor and Jameson are you know soulmates or divine counterparts or twin flames or they are each other's one and only and they just had they just kind of realized that and connected and then Jameson was called away to do some work for the bringers of the light which is our um, light working force in this book um, and that's what all of these stories are about is um, light warriors who work on behalf of the light 
And our team of um, light warriors here is our Spectre and Book Coven folks, um, Abigail and Dakar and Polly Willikers, and now Tambor and Jameson, also part of the this this um, part of the Bringers of the Light Agency, kind of overlighted by High Core, who is their boss. So Jameson got pulled away to Dakar's um, to talk about a special mission, and what it ended up being is that Tambor was going to be used as bait to capture a dark force um, person who had sent this creature in the box um, to do, you know, whatever, good or not so good things. And um, they wanted to get to this person because this person kind of held secret knowledge about others in the dark forces. Um, and the bringers of the light thought that, um, you know, they needed to capture this or somehow, you know, engage with this dark force entity. And so they were going to use Tambor, who's a very powerful galactic being. We still don't really understand truly who she is, but I will say in the next three chapters coming up that she goes back to, she kind of spends some time being like this, um, a little bit more in her heart space the past um, few installments with Jameson and kind of um, understanding what it meant to open her heart <clears throat> and to um, find love and all of that and to break away some from past patterns where she just kind of like ran away and lost herself in like meaningless relationships. So we spent a lot of that time um, in February with Tambor and Jameson from that perspective. But in these next three chapters, um, we explored Tambor again as she was at the very beginning of Tambor, back in the beginning of ja January, where she was like this badass being who we don't really understand her complete powers and what she's capable of. And she can be... Um, she can be a little bit on the dark side herself, and I'm still trying yet to understand who she is, and is there healing that's required here, or is she just a balance of dark and light? Like, I really don't understand it all completely, because she did kill someone in January um, who was threatening Jameson, and um, you'll see here, as I finally get started, um, that she's kind of back to back to her old ways and so I'm just wondering where that's going to lead so without further ado we're going to get back into Jameson installment number four with chapter nine the box as Tambor and Jameson were getting their perspective on what would be the next move the creature in the box was silently watching her Tambor flew higher and faster now she wanted the feeling of the higher light in her wings. She wanted the aurora borealis, and she wanted to be alone. She felt eyes on her. The creature, Boris, was now hiding behind a cloud bank. He had trailed her this far, and now it was time to capture her. His master was waiting. The crystal ball of the old man kept its sights on the creature. That Boris was the best purchase he had ever made. The evil man in the mountains thought as he watched his cunning pet track the raven. He, of course, knew all about her. Tambor had made a name for herself in the towns below the mountain when she had first touched down on earth. She had spent days and nights partying and showing off her many powers. She thought earth people silly creatures who didn't appreciate her magnificence, and after a week of trying to impress them, she decided to move on. 
but not before word of her talents had spread to the top of the mountains and old Kaliga had heard all about it. He wanted her in his menagerie. He used magical creatures to do his bidding and to make him very wealthy. When he saw this fine space specimen who was definitely from deep outside his sphere of influence, he knew he had to have her. Tambor, too busy this time, enjoying herself in the updrafts, didn't see it coming. She sensed, or maybe smelled it, before it actually got to her. Just in time to grab her raven body in its thick talons and put the lock on her. The lock had been made by an old mage whose talent was in smithcrafting magical weapons to thwart any kind of earth creature. He old he owed old Kaliga a favor and at the request of the evildoer had been asked to make a lock that could stop a galactic being from shifting into its true form. The lock pulled tight around her neck. All Tambor could do was shift to her wolf self, but it still wasn't enough to grab the creature by the throat. So this is how they wanted to play, she thought to herself, going limp in the creature's talons. Two could play this game. Chapter 10, Widow's Walk. Tambor went limp and let herself be carried. She already knew where she was going. In her mind, she called out to Jameson. When he answered back, it wasn't with a pleasantry. It was with a warning and some sort of admonition that she wasn't used to hearing from him. Where are you? he asked. Determined to know why she wasn't hanging around the house waiting for him. He had remote viewed his entire home and she wasn't there. He was concerned, although when he thought about it, this was not really unlike her. She was used to having her own way on her own terms. I'm being kidnapped, she mentally answered back without much, if any, emotion. She liked games, and this was going to be a fun one. Can you move? Jameson asked, feeling her ire at the situation. He was himself a little perplexed about how she had gotten there, but recalled the scrying mirror and Dakar and Abigail's forewarnings. At first he didn't believe they, the bringers of the light, might have organized this whole charade just to catch a petty bad guy of the dark forces, but apparently he could lead them to bigger fish. There's a lock around my neck, she answered back. I can't shift, but just you wait. I know how to play a player, she grimaced as the creature tightened its grip around her. And you, my dear, she thought, eyeing herself, cracking the creature's skull in half, will pay dearly for this. Love, Jameson said. This is some sort of setup by the bringers. They didn't want to tell you because they thought you'd decline, he said, a little pissed himself about it. Well, well, she answered back. We'll see about that later. Are you still at Dakar's, she asked, getting pumped up inside now. She was going to unleash some bad acidness as soon as they touched down. They didn't know about all her powers, she thought to herself. Yes, we're all here watching in the scrying mirror, Jameson answered back. Do you want me to relay a message? You tell Dakar this was a low-down, dirty trick, and that I'll seek out just payment for that later. He knows what I mean, she said, thinking about how many times Dakar had actually saved her ass. Maybe this was riding the scales of justice between them somehow. But more on karmic bonds later. Tambor could feel herself getting ready to be ready. The creature reached the top of the mountain. As soon as he set her down was her chance and she would take it. 
but ma- not before the bringers got their man. Oh, she would see to that, dead or alive. <sighs> Let's everybody take a deep breath. <laughs> Chapter 11 The lock breaks. The creature set her down, and in one swift movement, Tambor made her most powerful sigil, moving her body in the rhythm that the sigil made when she encanted it in her mind. The sigil allowed her to do anything as long as she was touching the earth, another sweet gift from the bringers, in exchange for her services and dedication to the planet. Well, heck, they were keeping her from leaving it, after all. They had better well have paid her with some of the more powerful weapons. The sigil activated. She burst the lock and went up in flames, the phoenix rising in all its glory. The creature tried to fly up, clearly surprised by this move. They hadn't suspected anything, and now it felt a little undermanned. Its powers were many, but it was pretty much defenseless against a phoenix. Tambor flew down and grabbed it by the throat. Free agent, huh? You little bastard, Tambor growled into its ear. I was only doing my master's bidding, it cried out, asking for mercy. Please don't kill me, it cooed now, hoping to woo her. I can bring him out to you, it professed. That's what you want, isn't it? Tambor considered the creature's heavily cloaked words and decided she didn't like them. She crunched down on the jugular and dropped the creature to the ground. She shifted back and wiped the blood from her lips. She pulled the small weapon from her hip pocket, one they hadn't realized she had hidden from them. It was something small, galactic, and very damaging. They might get this bad guy alive, and then again, they might not. Dakar pinged her mentally now, but their bond not being as strong, she simply chose to ignore him for now. She knew what he wanted. It was pretty predictable sometimes. She made her way towards the cottage at the top of the mountain. Oh, you guys. Oh, that's it. That is all. What is she up to? What is she doing? So if you're not familiar with the whole story, Tambor is, like I said earlier, some sort of galactic being. And she, her place her star that she came from was taken over by dark forces and was um, destroyed and she was the only one to survive after she jettisoned out Um, some of her star family sent her out jettisoned her out and she came to be on um, on Gaia and when the bringers of the light realized what kind of power she was and what kind of source of reckoning that she could become they had a twofold kind of of thing for her. Um, they wanted her to help them through the bringers of the light. And they also thought, they didn't really tell her this, but they also knew that she could be such a dark, destroying force if she wanted herself to be, that they kind of um, wanted to protect other, um, other things, other people, places outside of the planet from her because there was this um, thought that if she continued to be unforgiving, here's our messages and our metaphors coming out, if she continued to be unforgiving, um, if she continued to hold a grudge about things that had happened to her in the past, if she continued to have this anger in her blood, 
in her bones, definitely like seeping through her entire being, then she could be a very destructive force. And so they saw, the bringers saw the potential in Tambor. And so they made her a deal that if she were to stay on earth and work for them, that they would pretty much give her whatever she needed. But there's underlying things to what she was going to get. So she chose to stay because she didn't have a home planet anymore, a home star. And so she chose to stay and help out. And so they bound her to the earth. And the agreement was that she would help them in exchange for, you know, whatever she wanted. Um, But in doing so, she was kind of like, you know, bound to stay here on the planet. She wasn't able to leave. She could astral travel, but that's not her most powerful form. So she's here, but it sounds like she managed to save some things that um, were not disclosed when they asked her to surrender everything that she had. So this story, I can see where it's leading now, and it does lead into March to the Tambor and Jameson story is a lot about coming to terms with your own shadow and your own repressed anger and emotions that that can, if you decide to be unforgiving and to not release them, can turn into the deepest, darkest forms of, of unhealingness against your own self. Um, and maybe it's never directed towards anybody else, but um, I keep I keep always going back to Master Ko because his teachings, when I hear them, are always so timely. Of course, isn't that what it's isn't that what's meant to happen on this journey? You you see what you're meant to see when you're meant to see it or meant to hear it. And he was talking about people who um, could not forgive and could not let go of resentments and anger. And his message was that you know it starts out as anger, resentment, unforgiveness, whatever. And then as it continues to sit in the body, it steps down a bit and it goes into um, a vindictiveness. And then as it continues to sit and fester in the aura and in the soul, it steps down a bit into like maliciousness and revenge. And then as it continues to fester even more, it can step down even further into what we'll just say are called unspeakable acts. We'll just leave it at that. I got big chills when I said that. And so it's all about releasing anger, releasing unforgiveness, um, allowing all those things to go to, to set yourself free because these things do start to manifest in the physical body as pain, as um, mental anguish, as anxiety, as you know, any sort of many sorts of different types of mental um, illness, basically. And while I'm not, you know, a psychotherapist or psychologist or um, anything like that, I am a master healer and I do know how to work with the energetic bodies to help release some of these traumas. And one thing I'm studying right now, which is I'm really excited to be studying this um, with the Pranic Healing Institute is pranic psychotherapy. And um, it'll be something I will use with people that I work with um, in conjunction to any type of, um, you know, medical treatment or psychological treatment. Like this stuff that I'm doing will be, you know, not, it'll be to work in conjunction with anything that you already might be doing. So, um, yeah, I think that's just where this story 
with Tambor is just talking about like somehow, some way, I think this love with Jameson is helping to open her heart a little bit, but it's more than just opening your heart. It's a conscious effort to let things go. And so I'm anxious to see before she does any more like dastardly deeds, like how that's going to play out for her. How is she going to release this unforgiveness she has about so many things that have happened to her in the past? So I think that's where we will take our Shaman's Drum series um, this month is doing some healing work about releasing some of the of this if, if you choose to do that work. Shaman's Drum is we meet around the sacred fire and I use um, shamanic healing techniques whatever you want to call them um, and we gather in community circle around the fire to help do healing work for you know ourselves and for us as a community so without any more to say on that I am going to leave you now I'll look forward to seeing you in shaman's drum and I hope you all have a beautiful blessed rest of your day take care and we will see you again in the next episode This episode has been brought to you by the Thunder Rose Ranch and Forest, a sacred place where the beings of light surrounding its etheric location are here to teach love to all humanity. We want to thank you so much for joining us. Take care.